Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as usual, is Victor Adams. That's a better <laughs> adjective, usual. My co-host yeah. and cohort and well, beloved good, friend, Victor Adams. Well, um, it was great to see you. I, I caught you at the as you're coming from the airport. We had a crawfish bowl, holy yeah, rosary fundraiser, parish. so it was good. Yeah, man. I actually came from Louisiana, yeah. and oddly enough, I didn't get any crawfish there, but I flew back. Well, right. I'll take that back. There were some crawfish tails in a dish I had um, at, uh, at Guy's fast? house, the, okay. one of the men that uh, organized the event it was a beautiful event um mm-hmm. you know it was down in lafayette louisiana the man-to-man conference i love going to men's conferences it was a ton of guys there you know the arch uh, the the bishop spoke um the uh father wade menendez from uh, ewtn spoke it was just a faithful event man in a beautiful church it was yeah. a brand new built pious the 10th church just beautiful beautiful uh facility and man, Victor, the men were coming up everywhere, and, and, and a lot of them asked about you. Um, there was a lot of them that said, you know, I've seen you on That Man Is You, and and guys that said like, hey man, I cut the yard listening to your voice, or I'm walking the dog, you know, or whatever, working out listening to your voice. It was really neat to hear just all the people that sure, listen yeah. to, to the podcast, and thank each and every one of you. We brought a lot of merchandise, man. They they. They cleaned us out. I mean, there's a bunch of guys in Lafayette wearing T-shirts and they have rosaries of our rosaries and and uh, magnets and koozies and mugs and so thank you guys for all of it and it was a really great experience and so many of you have continued to share over the last couple of days too just the impact that it had uh, through Facebook Messenger or email or any other mm-hmm. way you found LinkedIn a couple of guys where they found us and been able to share you know what what my story and and the other things that we shared there on identity really did to help them so. Guys, that in, that that is so edifying to me to go to those things and to see that uh, what we're doing is helping people. So thank you for sharing those things, uh, and I look forward to to being down there with all you guys again, Ted and and uh, Guy and Michael and Raphael and all you guys that were down there. Thank you. Michael was my hero, by the way. He uh, went to the airport and retrieved my bag they lost Friday night. I thought I was going to have to oh, speak go. in an undershirt and jeans yeah. <laughs> Saturday morning, but. Michael went and got my bag and helped me out there. So thank you again, Michael. But you know, guys, if you're if you got a men's conference you're putting on, we love to go do that. Uh, we're talking about things that really resonate with men. I mean, I I see it when I go to these things. There was a lot of guys that, and we'll talk about some of this here in a minute, but that pulled me aside and asked me to speak to me about you know outside and just wanted to talk about the struggles in their life and how they wanted to change and be different men. And and it's just such a blessing to be able to pray with guys like that and help them to pray through their struggles and get them in the right direction with things, whether it's porn or, or loss of you know of a family member or anger or drinking or drugs or whatever it is, you know, to be able to help with those well, things. It just goes to show you that in every parish, there's men that need healing. Yeah. And they need somewhere to, to be open about it, what they're dealing with, because there's a lot of stressors and pressures just in our everyday lives of being men at work. Yeah. But not counting on top of the other family stuff. Like, you know, I'm... I'm helping Christy, you know, our my mother-in-law is living with us. She's nine sure. years old, and so she's on COPD, and so she's limited in the fall risk. So we really are limited where we can go because we want to make sure she's safe. Sure. And and there's other things on top of that, sickness and, and, and just the stressors of a relationship, whatever. It compounds to where it can kind of diminish the faith of, of 
the growth of faith, you right. know, and, and you need an outlet for that. That's why well, and there's important. a lot of guys that are lonely. There's a yeah. lot of guys that are trying to get involved somewhere. And, you know, like we talk about so often on here, I mean, I used to think people are going to get tired of hearing the, the, what we talk about because we talk about a lot of the same things in different ways right. all the time. But it just goes to show me that, you know, at least to me, that, that this is a message that God wants preached again and again and again because guys are sitting there each time I go do these things going, man, like I, I feel so alone. And, you know, I had a guy this weekend tell me, like, I, I'm waiting to die. You know, like, I, that's what I feel like in my life. I mean, he's 50 years old. And it just goes to show you that, that men, I mean, we've, we've been raised in a way where we're supposed to, you know, we think we're supposed to keep our problems to ourselves and we got to do life ourselves and put our head down and, and never reach out to anybody else or to have joy in our lives, right? We're just meant to be these, like, just sort of worker bees all our life and then die right you mean like, mean pillars of strength right yeah yeah, yeah without cracks kind of showing their cracks yeah right and so it just it just goes to show me that so you know guys you got a conference invite us to it uh you know that we love to do missions you know mm-hmm. that's what we're really booking up now i just got another one in las vegas uh got one in wichita falls texas coming up in august uh booked one in uh indiana in november so look, we love to do this. We're going out there in this restored parish mission. This message is helping to change people, right? To, to, to give them maybe even the permission to share like, yes, I'm broken and I finally want to do something about it. And it's for men and women for the retreat, but then we go there and we, we start men's groups. There's so many men, I heard so many this weekend at a large conference saying, I need something. I need to walk with other men. I need help doing that. And that's what I believe God put us on this earth for, Victor, this ministry, is just to to go and to, to, sp- to share this message of the need for healing, the need that God loves us, what he, who he is, who we are, that we have a purpose, we, we have a play, uh, place in the plan of salvation, and that Jesus d- desires a real personal relationship with us. And so that's what these missions are all about, and that's why we want to do them. So if you're interested in all of that, in setting your parish on fire, getting a place where your men don't have to carry the load, like I've been talking about the last couple of minutes by themselves, a place where they can be real and authentic and grow into friendships and relationships with each other in Christ that allow them to be the men that God calls them to be, then go to our website, go to justagotinthepew.com, go to the events page, and go go to the men's group part and, and, and send me an email. Like, we'll talk through it. We'll figure out a way to help you. You know, we're not in this to own things and to corner the market on on men's groups. And you don't have to sign a contract for six years and pay this much money. I just want to come there and help bear fruit that will last. So you can check that out there. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention really quickly, too, is donations. We've gotten several donations lately. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if it came from us talking about it on here or people just were moved, you know, by the Spirit to give. But, you know, I, I thank you for each and every one of you that are doing so because it really... It helps. I mean, to be honest here for a minute, you know, in a ministry where you're, you're giving everything you got, and and you know there is no guarantee that there's money coming in tomorrow. Uh, you're trying to be a good steward of what you have and, and trying to grow things into the future. You know, you you need support, and you know we depend on on the the kindness and the generosity uh, of people that are listening that have been you know affected and blessed by this ministry to want to give back so that we can continue to help other people. You know, there's a lot of times in my life where I'm sitting in that room getting ready for podcasts or trying to work on things every day, and the devil shows up and he beats on me just like he does everybody else. And I can feel like we're not making a difference, but then I go to something like this weekend and see people saying what has happened in their life. I mean, I met a guy in the airport uh, on the way back, and this has never happened before. He came up and he's like, do you have anything to do with that show? Because I had a shirt on. And when I said yes, he recognized my voice. He said, you're John. Mm -hmm. And he came up and he said, can I give you a hug? And I said, yeah, like, sure. 
And I'm sure everybody in the airport was like, who the heck is this guy? Why are those dudes talking that don't know each yeah. other and all that? But his guy, his name was Eric. And he walked up and he said, basically, you know, this show has helped me save my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I wanted to hug you and can have a picture and all that stuff. And I told him I didn't want to break the camera or right, waste right, yeah. the, 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 you know, the amount of the film that he'd be using in it. But anyway, long story short, um, it's things like that that allow me to know that we're changing things. It's it's hugs from the from God saying that we're making a difference. So I just ask humbly for you out there that are that are listening to the show today that if you've been blessed to consider giving, become a monthly supporter, an annual supporter, a one-time supporter, it doesn't matter. Just whatever you can give because it allows us to do the things we need to do, like paying for the studio equipment that we still lack a lot of money on. Um, you know, being able to pay people to help us, all those things. So you can go to donorbox.org slash pew to do that. And then finally, uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're about to get that thing up and running in about a month and a half. We've got a lot of videos on there already, interviews with great Catholic personalities and and speakers and presenters and, and clergy. But we're going to take this to the next level, and you don't want to miss out on any of it. So go to YouTube and Google just a guy in the pew. Go to our channel and hit that subscribe button so that you're ready when we redo all of this and we really start putting a lot of content out there in the next couple months. So, again, guys, thank you for letting me share all that. I know sometimes we spend a lot of time in the beginning of the show talking about those things, but it's because it's necessary. We, we need these things to be able to continue to move forward. So, But, you know, Victor, you started the show talking about um, just a lot of different things, you know, the needs of men. And, and, you know, as I was reading the gospel Sunday, I was out of town and I really, I didn't get a chance to read it Saturday night. Um, and I read it as I was sitting in the pew, you know, got to church early. And it's like, I, I've always enjoyed that reading from John where he's describing, you know, one of the, the third time in his, in his gospel that Jesus appears to the disciples and that he's there on the sea of Tiberias. Is it Tiberias? Yeah, Is that Tiberius, right? Tiberius, Tiberius? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's seven, basically seven disciples that have kind of been together and, and I'm sure they're, they're doing what all of us would do and what all of us do do when we feel like we're far from Jesus, right? We just, we try to kind of go back to what we've been doing and that's what Peter does. He says like, well, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> right. And I'm sure they, I kind of imagine they all kind of look around and go, well, I don't, I don't know what else to do now either. Now that Jesus isn't here, like I'll go with you. All right, what's plan B, guys? Right. I guess we're going back. Well, because yeah. a lot of them probably were like, what do we do now? And they're right. all looking at each other, and they don't want to like go home by themselves mm-hmm. and be isolated. And I, I imagine after someone's come into your life and changed it like that, and then all of a sudden they're gone, you're, you're just, you must feel like, man, what do I do now? And so they do what so many of us do. They go back to what they know. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to go back to the way I was, doing what I was doing. And, you know, unfortunately for us and, and for the disciples in that moment on that day, it, going back to what we know is not always the best thing for us, right? I mean, God used it. Jesus used it as we see at the end of this, this uh, you know, recounting of, of what happened there. But a lot of times when Jesus feels far from us, we go back to the things that aren't good for us, right? And fishing was not a bad thing, but it was a return to a former life when Jesus had come in to change that life, not for them to go back to their old ways, but to, to continue forward. And as I mentioned here in the beginning of the show, there's so many of us that are struggling right now. I mean, those guys, I can't tell you how many at that conference. And, and Victor, today, as I'm trying to get ready for this podcast, I wanted to have this ready and all buttoned up. And I'm sitting here with basically no notes because of the attacks that I've had of, of you know, doubts and, 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 and the, the stresses that come and run in the ministry and, and seeing money going out and not a lot coming in and those kind of things. And, and uh, you could feel like, well, man, like sometimes I just want to go back to, to selling auto parts, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
it was a lot. At least I had a paycheck I knew was coming in. At least, and I'm not trying to make, have people feel sorry for me. There's a lot worse problems than talking about that. Yeah. But I could just relate to how the disciples are sort of like, well, I guess I'll just I'll go back to what I know. You know, when things get tough or when they get hard, and and so I want to read a little bit of that real quick, and and then we'll get to talking about it a little bit. But you know, as I said, you know, they're 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 sitting there. There's about seven of them. It's 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 uh, Thomas, Nathaniel. Uh, James and John, two other disciples that aren't named, and then Simon Peter. And like I said, he says he's going fishing. And then they said, well, we'll come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And that really caught my attention there is that they caught nothing. And then when it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, no. And so he said to them, cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you'll find something. So they cast it. And we're not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So it sounds like when Jesus first right. called them, right? I mean, it's, it's very familiar there. Um, so they cast out. They were not able to pull it up because of the numbers of fish when they cast it on the right side. So the disciple who Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. you know. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about 100 yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, and they had 153 large fish. And just to speed up here a little bit, we know the rest of the story. This is when Jesus invites Peter to the side, and he starts to say, you know, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And he gives him the three times that we've talked about so many times on here to reconcile with him, right? To As many times as he denied him, he forgave him. And then he tells him to follow him, right? And... So as I read through this, what really caught my attention, instead of so much the forgiveness piece that a lot of times does, was just, first of all, the fact that they tried to go on their own and they caught nothing. Basically, they were fruit, they, they were fruitless, right? And that's what happens when, when, we don't, when we feel far away from Jesus or when we've turned from Jesus to go back to our old ways, oftentimes we feel we're lost. Like, I don't have a purpose anymore. Like, mm-hmm. what are we supposed to do? You can almost feel that. Like, Peter's going, well, let's just go fishing. Like, we don't, I don't know what else to do. And so... They're just kind of hanging around each other, like I said, and, and, and they return to the things they know. And it really depicts it like when Jesus is not in our lives, usually because of our choosing, right? He right. always wants to be in our lives, that like we become empty. I mean, their nets became empty, right? We're trying to do the same things that Jesus told us to do, but yet without him in our lives, without us understanding that he's here and what he calls us to, then we become fruitless. And they became fruitless until he showed up on the shore and told them again what to do, and then their nets were so full they couldn't they couldn't bring them to the shore. So what catches me in this is like, you know, what are we going to do to get back to Jesus? Because we'll talk in a few minutes about what Peter did, but it, this is where my whole thoughts were today is just, man, like when we turn away from him or when it seems all is lost and we lose hope in him and we forget to trust in him and, and we take our eyes off of him, we return to those things, which could be our sins, our vices, all these other things that... They're so easy for us to turn to, right? We're either turning to the Lord or we're self-medicating through things that are usually bad for us. So what are we going to do in all of this? Well, can I set the scene? Yeah, please. Thinking, so, so for me, like, you know, the, there's still distance between Peter and Jesus, yeah. you know, and then Peter's, I mean, Jesus is trying to draw him in and, and he's, he has that fervor because obviously he jumps out of the boat, mm-hmm. risks drowning in this, you know, it's a lightly cladded, so I guess it wasn't like a tunic or whatever. Yeah. But you know, still, it's heavy, heavy waves. Probably, probably a tank top and shorts. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, but but he comes to shore and there's not much of a talk 
you know, he just runs and looks at Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that there's still something that Peter just can't let go of until those three were, you know, those three conversations mm-hmm. he says this. It was almost like the first act of reconciliation right. between Jesus and Peter, you know. And then once that was like, you know, given out there, that permission, it's like he you just felt Peter become Peter, not Simon Peter, because his name his name was like Simon Peter. Right now, he just became Peter again. Yeah, he became the earthly shepherd, right? Right of right. Of, of his of his flock. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what he basically did in that moment. Is I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm the good shepherd, but right. you need to be my shepherd here on this earth. And and you know, I, I guess the point of what really struck me with this is I just kept reading over and over again. And Father Gallagher gave a great homily, and he touched on this a little bit, but he had a lot of great points that I didn't want to steal from him. But like this, well, you've already, you know, you already said right. Where you getting it from? But this particular thing, I kept reading it over and over, and into last night, and all day today, trying to figure out how to get my mind around what the Lord wanted me to do in this podcast. But it's that point where Peter jumps out of the boat. Mm -hmm. You know, all I kept thinking was, man, my mind centered around that. What would I call this podcast? And I don't even know that I've still come up with a a, a title for it at this moment. But all I kept thinking is, like, man, what are you willing to do? Right? What are you willing to do? Because so often, like, we're willing to do everything but run to Jesus, right? We're willing to to complain about the things in our life, right? We're willing to worry. We're willing to, uh, sorry, I just dropped my, my three pages of notes that I don't have. <laughs> um, now, we're willing to, 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 to not admit that we struggle on our own. Like, we're right. not willing to admit that. We're, we're not willing to admit that we need His mercy and love. We're not willing to turn away from the very things that we're we're complaining about like god just take this from me right i don't want to drink anymore i don't want to be involved in porn i don't want to all these other things that that we're struggling with as men but we're not really willing to do what it takes to get to jesus Mm -hmm. right we just kind of want to wallow in it and 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 let somebody hear us out but so many times we share these things but there's no real change in our life you know we don't turn around and say you know what i know i know here in my mind that the answer is running to jesus but i'm not willing to do that physically to run to him with everything that I have with reckless abandon. I mean, that's what Peter did. Peter just, I mean, he dove off the boat in his clothes. He didn't wait for the other guys. He was a hundred yards off in a sea. This wasn't a right. swimming pool. Well, it's funny. John says, it is the Lord. And he's like, yes, it is. He yeah. jumps off. As yeah. soon as he hears it, he's like, yeah. I need him. Right? right. I need him. And he dives off and he swims and he crawls up there. And you know that he has to just, he didn't even know how Jesus is going to react to him. Right. Because right. the last time at your point, he saw him. You denied me. Yeah. So there's no guarantee Jesus is going to be happy with him or or even want him anymore. Mm-hmm. But Peter knew in his heart right then and there that the only way out of this issue, the only way out of this dryness, out of this desolation, out of this confusion and not knowing what to do in my life is to run straight to Jesus. And, and you know, and I hear it in my own life. There's so many times that I get down and I beat on myself, man. I did it all day today. And it's like, no, I need to quit doing that. I'm willing to do that. But am I willing to take all of that and lay it at the feet of Jesus and leave it there, right? And let him forgive me. Let him be the be God, the God that he wants to be for us, right? That loving, merciful, and forgiving God. And I think so many of us, I wanted to, I don't know if I accurately said it to a lot of men this weekend, but a lot of the men that came up to me, I was like, yes, I, I hear what you're saying, but this, but that. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. But what are you willing to do about it? Right? Like talking to me is great. I hope that it helps you get it out. But what are you willing to do? And the only person that can do anything about this is Jesus. Mm -hmm. But you have to be willing to do what Peter did with reckless abandon, run straight to Jesus, swim straight to Jesus as Peter did, 
through the rapids, through the pushing current, the current that's going the wrong way, that's pushing you out and fighting against every bit of it to get to the only thing in this life that will ever make your life better, and that's Jesus himself. And so that's where my head was around this this whole reading. And and I ran across a, a quote from, from Pope Francis, and it's just it's so much about this 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 reading. In fact, I believe he probably was speaking about this reading. It says, Brothers and sisters, when our nets are empty in life, it is not the time to feel sorry for ourselves. It is the time to start again with Jesus, to find the courage to begin again. That's what Peter found. As soon to your point as John said, it's the Lord. Mm-hmm. He was gone, man. <laughs> like right. He was off of that boat and left everybody and everything to get to Jesus because he knew that's what he needed in his life. And deep down, we know that, but we have to be willing to where Peter was so afraid to walk on the water before, mm-hmm. right? Help me, help me, reaching out. He fully dove into that same water and swam through all of that, not the storm like it was, but through those waves, through that current to get to the Lord when he was so afraid to before. And it's the difference in what allowed him to be forgiven and what allowed him to become the rock of the church and, and to be able to go to his death. Right, Jesus also says there will be people that that dress you, you know, dress you for yourself and take you to where you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. In that same reading, and Peter had the courage to face that and understand that, like I'm giving my life fully to God and I'm leaving that other stuff behind, and this is what I need in my life, and I'm willing to do it. And the question is, are we willing to do the same thing? Well, it's interesting. That, of course, I don't know all the different translations, but in what you were reading, he said children. My yeah. children, yeah, and it's almost like an endearment, saying my little little ones, my you know my my adorable ones, kind of like you belong to me, and you think that their ears are perked at like what well, we're growing in men. You're saying little children, but it's almost like they were their hearts were already conditioned for like going, wow, that was that was something, yeah, and they go, yeah, let's do let's fish on the other side of the boat, and then all of a sudden, John was like the first one to connect, and then everyone else did, sure, because. You know, they, they, they heard the message, they heard that in term of endearment that he probably said to them all the time in private, and it rekindled their fervor. Well, so, and that's yeah. the thing, too, that I, like, I've always struggled with, I think other people struggle with, too, is when you like you don't understand, like you get so mired down in some of your situations that yeah. you, you, you don't recognize Jesus, right? You can't find him in your life because you're just so self-involved with everything mm-hmm. going on. And it was in that moment where Jesus showed them. I mean, that's the reason he he allowed them to catch those fish was it identified who he was, right? right. It's I, it, I am the Lord, right? And the number of fish alludes to that. You know, you can read that in different places. People like Jeff Gavins talk about that number of fish alluding to meaning I am God in the in the Jewish language and the words and and, and what the letters stand for with the numbers. Um, you know, those fish are supposed to represent all the people of the earth, and the net supposed to represent the church. There's all of that. But what, what I want people to understand, too, is like we have to really search for recognizing Jesus in our life. It's hard when we're in the midst of our struggle, mm-hmm. but we have to start looking at things out of our own selfishness and looking at them from the lens of, of Christ and the lens of love in the world and the understanding of suffering and those things, and we start to realize where Jesus is in our life. The other thing that, that I want guys to remember, too, out of this is Jesus was on the beach cooking breakfast. Yeah, and they didn't know. I mean, they saw <laughs> right. him, but they didn't identify him at first. Right, yeah. like they were so worried, and they're yeah. in their mess, and they don't know what they need to be doing, and they don't have their marching orders, and they're like, do I need to go back to my old way of life? I don't want to go back to that, but what is here for me now? All the fear involved with it. They just saw Jesus die. They're, they're probably scared that they're going to die. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's all of that. And in the midst of all that, Jesus is cooking breakfast, mm-hmm. right? Jesus isn't worried about it. He's not worried about it because he knows 
if they will just come back to me, right? If they'll take that boat and turn it around out of the way they're going, the fruitlessness, the hopelessness, the worry, the doubt, and turn that ship back towards me or dive off of it and swim Mm -hmm. as fast as you can back to me, then everything's going to be all right. And that's the thing that we have to remind ourselves and tell ourselves that if we're stuck in these problems, and and there's a lot of guys that are, I'm not making light of anything, of terrible, terrible porn addictions, drug addictions, alcohol, anger, uh, lustfulness, cheating on their wives. I've heard it all in this ministry, right? And it seems like there's a, in a place of despair and there's no way out of it. But we have to remember we always have a way and we have to remember that way is Jesus. And that nothing else, drinking more beer, doing more drugs, watching more porn, right? Going out and doing things that aren't healthy for us is never going to fix the problem. The only thing that is is going to be turning and relentlessly chasing Jesus, right? Chasing Jesus. And when Peter was met there, to your point, he wasn't met with condemnation. It was like the prodigal son, right? The father isn't sitting there going, you pig-covered, dung-covered, nastiness, Get out of my sight. You wasted my inheritance. You demanded money before I was even dead. I want nothing to do with you. That didn't happen there, and it didn't happen here either with Peter. What happened was Peter was willing to run to Jesus and to lay at his feet, to hit the ground. I guarantee you he hit the ground, and he just said, Lord, mm-hmm. right? And, and God, Jesus gave him, in his infinite mercy, an opportunity to say that he was sorry, right? And to understand that doesn't matter anymore. I have a purpose for you, mm-hmm. something that you cannot allow those other things to keep you from, right? Your porn, your drugs, your alcohol, your anger, your your loneliness, whatever it is, you can't allow that anymore to keep you from me and the purpose I have for your life. And so guys, like, I mean, if you're listening to this today, the, I think the message here is if you feel like you've tried everything, then you haven't tried giving Jesus the chance that he needs in your life. Right? It's so easy to tell us or tell ourselves that we have. I prayed. I went to Father. I keep going to confession about it. And nothing's happening. Well, what are you willing to do about it? Because if that's the case, there may be the fact that you haven't truly surrendered it or you haven't truly given it over to God. You haven't truly invited him into that mess. And today, if you're hearing anything from me, Jesus is standing by a fire on a beach cooking your breakfast. And he's waiting for you to come back to him so he can tell you how much he loves you. He can share his mercy with you. All you have to do is be willing to do what Peter did. And in the face of all that shame, in the face of all that guilt, is to dive off a boat and to swim as fast or to run as fast to Jesus as you possibly can. So brothers, take that to heart. Listen to it. And if you're in that place, then heed those words. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, without you we are lost. Without you, we have no real purpose and we can bear no fruit. Help us to do whatever it takes to run away from the things in our lives that are holding us back from you. And Lord, whenever we feel like all is lost and we have no hope, remind us that we must be like Peter and do whatever it takes to return to you. In the name of the the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.